Welcome to the first season of Average Joe's Rawcast. My name is Joe Fuentes. I'm a husband, a father of two teenagers, a 17-year-old son and a 15-year-old daughter. Also a father of four pets, two dogs and two cats. I've been a nursing home administrator since 2001. I am a co-owner of Chill Pots, a paint-your-own pottery studio. A very cool place that my run my wife runs on a daily basis. So welcome to my podcast and here we go. Hello everybody and uh, welcome to Average Joe's Rawcast. I know I haven't done a rawcast in a while. I'll tell you what, this last month has been quite a month to say the least. I mean uh I remember last time on the podcast, I did talk about that I had gave my notice as a nursing home administrator for Windsor Healthcare after a decade of being there. And my last day was going to be December 12th. And uh, so that was kind of where we left off on the last podcast, Rawcast. And um, so this will be the last Rawcast of the year. Uh, although it is the 29th already, so um, yeah, it's getting close to the end of the year, and if you're like me, good riddance to 2020. It's been nothing but an absolute shit show. Um, I mean, this last fucking month has been quite a month for me, and I'll kind of go over that here in the Rawcast. Um, Right before Thanksgiving... We had an outbreak at the facility that I was working at then at Windsor Healthcare. Um, eventually, it was uh, 100% of the residents got COVID-19. And the vast majority of staff got the COVID-19. And um, so I, of course, caught it right before Thanksgiving. I think it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. My test result came back as positive. And... Um, so all through Thanksgiving break, I was on quarantine, and being the generous guy I am, I brought it home to my wife also. Um, you know, I knew eventually that this would happen at the facility. Um, basically, I had kind of said it's not when, it's uh, it's not if, it's when this was going to happen, so... I mean, we knew we knew all the other facilities around the area. We were the last one in Weld County to actually have an outbreak. And when we had an outbreak, we did it right. Boy, we, uh, we had a lot of people that were positive and sick. And uh, you're thinking, you're wondering, how did uh, that get into the facility? Well, of course, staff had brought it in. You know, staff has to go live their lives, too. And you got young 20, 20-year-old staff people that go out and they're going to not quarantine and stay home and that kind of thing and some even some of the older ones older staff members so yeah I was definitely probably brought in by staff and it went through our facility fast and um, kind of stunk it was right before Thanksgiving and right into Thanksgiving and um, so yeah so I was quarantined with my wife through Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, no turkey for us, no turkey dinner. We did stay away from the kids. We, uh, quarantined in our bedroom and, uh, for 10 to 14 days. 
and uh, the kids were not exposed to us really at all. They hadn't been the few days either. I had not felt good for a couple of days, so I wasn't real surprised that I tested positive. Um, my symptoms when I had COVID was, of course, I had uh, a lot of fatigue. Everybody always talks about fatigue, and that is a real thing, man. All you feel like doing is sleeping. You walk across the room and you're tired. Also, um, I had the most intense leg aches at night. And all, all these symptoms were pretty much at night for me. My legs ached so bad that I could not get to sleep unless I had ibuprofen uh, right before bed. So yeah, that was kind of interesting. Uh, not A lot of people will say their backs and that kind of things and their arms hurt. Mine was strictly my legs and the fatigue, it seemed like. Um, you know, a little breathing issues here and there, but um, nothing like my wife, who she was really struck. She was uh, doing pretty good the first couple of days, and then day three or four, her breathing was got really scary, really shallow, shallow breaths. We could, uh, she could not keep her oxygen level up. It seemed like, I mean, she would turn white as a ghost, and uh, yeah, she worried me so much one night that I just went ahead and called the nine one one. The ambulance came over. We had to meet him out front, um, you know, because we told him we were both positive with COVID. So I walked her out front and uh, they did the assessment and everything. And they said I could go ahead and go back outside. They were going to do an assessment and everything and let me know. Well, I go back out there and they just took off. They didn't let me know anything. They just took off with her. So I had no idea where she was going. Her phone, of course, was left in the bedroom. So I had no way of reaching her. So I spent the next, um, I gave him a little bit of time. I gave him about an hour. And then I spent the about 45 minutes calling around to emergency rooms and hospitals. And finally I found her. But um, yeah, that was kind of a scary thing. And with her breathing, she just couldn't get enough breath. So when they took her to the emergency room, they actually gave her a steroid. Um, they gave her some oxygen, of course, a uh, few other things, and they sent her home. So I, about midnight, I went and picked her up <laughs> and just stayed outside, of course, and she met me outside, and we brought her back home, and she was feeling better. Um, but two, three days later, she got worse again, and she actually, I ran her to the emergency room, and they ended up admitting her. So she spent the uh, night and a day in the um uh, hospital and uh, I'm glad she did because uh, you know she was in the proper place where she'd get the treatment what ended up she had was double pneumonia so she wasn't going to get better on her own she definitely needed some uh, hospital stay and some medications some steroids some breathing treatments and antibiotics so uh, thank god she's feeling better now um, we're both feeling better now uh, kids never did catch anything. Like I said, we kept our distance. We were pretty much shut up together for, in the bedroom for 10 days and, uh, her a little longer since she had the pneumonia. She had to stay out two weeks. She had to stay quarantined two weeks. Um, uh, also it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, we didn't kill each other or anything. We actually, had a lot of good communication. It was kind of nice to have those few days, although we were not feeling the best, but um, have those few days together, kind of, 
you don't get that too often where you're forced together and you're forced to talk and you're forced to communicate. And it was actually kind of nice. Um, also, just to let you know, my daughter, we have that business Chill Pots Paint Your Own Pottery Studio. My daughter really stepped up and she went and ran that shop so we could keep it open. We could keep, uh, keep the lights on, continue to make some uh, money while my wife was down and out. So uh, kudos to my daughter and uh, a lot of people I talked to or would make comments that uh, Abby did a really nice job running chill pots. So her mama trained her well because she does help out her mom there. She works part time there. And uh, so that was a good thing that we could keep the business going. Uh, let's see. Also, on a sad note, too. Um, yeah, like I said, it's been a hell of a month for me. My sister, Chris, uh, she lives in, she lived in Russell, Kansas. It's uh, right by Hayes, Kansas, on the interstate there, I-70. We had been texting back and forth because we were quarantined at the same time. Her and her daughter had caught COVID also, uh, maybe found out a couple of days after I had found out I had it. So we were texting back and forth and had a lot of communication. You know, I was kind of worried about her because um, she had diabetes and some other issue, health issues. Of course, she's worried about me because I'm diabetic and this and that. Um, so we would communicate back and forth and kind of, you know, she'd ask me about my symptoms and I'd ask her about hers and other um, stuff we'd talk about and then all of a sudden I didn't hear from her and uh, you know like I said you get a lot of fatigue from uh, COVID so I just figured she was resting and sleeping well that wasn't the case uh, she was resting but she was resting permanently she passed away from COVID in her bed at home um, her daughter her older daughter Christiana had called the uh, Russell police and asked them to do a wellness check. Well, they went to the door and they talked to her daughter and her daughter thought she was just sleeping. So she told them, no, she's sleeping in there. She's been sleeping. So, of course, they went away thinking everything was all right. And and then so Christiana still didn't hear from her. And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't heard from her either. So uh, they had her had them do another wellness check. And yeah, unfortunately, she had passed away. So very sad, uh, really tough time here this last month. Um, we did have a small funeral for her about a week after she passed away in Kansas. Uh, my wife, I still didn't want her traveling with that double pneumonia, you know, coming from the altitude down there and back up again and all that time on the road sitting. So she stayed behind. Um, uh, she stayed here in Windsor. So the kids and I went and we celebrated the life of my sister um, in Russell. And we had just a small family gathering there and a nice dinner afterwards. So uh, very been very tough on the family with that. Uh, also, uh, back to the nursing home, they did have a few deaths there for residents. And um, that was sad, too, because, of course, I knew all those residents. And, you know, it was the compromised ones, of course, that um, got the brunt of the disease and passed away. And a guy that um, was really special and, well, still is special to me, his name was Ralph Carroll. And he, everybody knew Ralph Carroll. They knew Ralph at this uh, 
Windsor Healthcare. He had been there. He had been a resident there since the 1970s, the late 70s. So he was uh he came from back east and I don't know the whole story how he ended up there, but anyway, he anybody that would come to the nursing home, he'd always greet him. They always knew Ralph. He was a friendly guy, he loved kids, he loved everybody, and everybody loved Ralph. Um, you know, they would always ask, even people that worked uh, 12, 15 years ago would ask, is Ralph still there? And, oh yeah, Ralph's still there. Well, I mean, I knew this guy uh, daily, every work day for the last 10 years. Um, a lot of people would call him our greeter. Well, I put him up to my assistant administrator. So um, a lot of times he would go and... Uh, he would come and tell me, you know, the different things that went on over the weekend and that kind of thing. It was kind of funny. He kept me abreast of everything. When I was leaving, uh, like, let's say a Friday night or even a weekday or a weekend or something, he would say, I got you, boss. I'll, I'll take care of the facility for you. And uh, we, we really had a special bond. Um, so I was going to, when I quit, I was going to be his power of attorney and, uh, you know, and help him out that way in case he could make decisions for himself down the road. And uh, actually, it's sad news, but uh, Ralph also died on my last official day there. I was on bereavement for my last three days, so I didn't go into the facility. I was on bereavement for my sister. And the last day that I was actually supposed to be there, uh, my official last day, Ralph passed away in the hospital. So... Um, that was also really tough to take and still kind of chokes me up to know that all these people are gone in my life. And so, you know, that's, that's my thing, a hell of a month. And, um, you know, you just never know. Right now, kind of my status is I'm uh, taking a couple of weeks off, maybe three weeks, kind of get myself together, get my bearings together. Um, when we did test positive uh, for COVID, I was put on work comp. I never missed any days because of because of the COVID, actually, just because it worked out with the Thanksgiving holiday and the weekend, and I got the day off afterwards. So I didn't miss hardly any days. And when I did, I worked from home. I was getting calls and texts all day long about staffing and that kind of thing. So, But they still put a work comp case so I went ahead there last week and I, I just went there and made sure everything was okay. And my EKG and my x-ray of my lungs and the EKG of my heart, they put me on a treadmill test and they said that everything looked good that way. So uh, that's a blessing and I'm happy for that. So I uh, feel better about that. But like I said, right now I'm just kind of taking a couple of weeks off to myself to kind of de-stress before I uh, start the next chapter in my life. Uh, I kind of had an awakening. I've been having kind of an awakening, and I really had an awakening in this last month uh, on the shortness of life, you know, kind of the meaning of life, kind of some of the stresses that I've been going through in my life, my health, and stress and all that stuff and how it correlates and where the balance is, where the balance needs to be, that I need to take care of myself better. 
you know, uh, I had to give my phone back because I had quit, you know, and uh, I swear I had some phone PTSD because uh, I had used one of my son's old phones and we just switched it on and that way I could get some calls and different things. But I swear for like the first couple of days I was off, I would hear the phone ring and I swear I had phone PTSD because honestly, I'd never got a call with any good news in the last decade. If my phone rang from work, it was not good news. It was bad news. So <laughs> yeah, I called it my phone PTSD. Um, and like I said, I've just been doing a lot of mourning for my sister and Ralph and other residents that passed away and um, a lot of reflection on life and kind of the meaning of life and what my meaning of life needs to be, some of the changes I need to make, some of the uh, some of the thought changes I need to make, um, taking care of myself, my family, and just uh, really looking deep into myself and looking deep into life and thinking, you know, what kind of life do I want to have? Um, and then I was, th I was reading some of the Stoics. I, I, I've mentioned them before in some podcasts. I always um, look at the Stoics. And uh, one of the quotes that kind of stood out to me, which I thought was really cool, was uh, the Stoics on the shortness of life. And one of the famous Stoics is Seneca. And on the shortness of life by Seneca, he says, The greatest obstacle to living is expectancy which hangs upon tomorrow and loses today. The whole future lies in uncertainty. Live immediately. So I've been doing a lot of praying, a lot of reflecting on that quote. And uh, just, just in general, just, you know, it's, you, you can't wait to live. You got to live and you got to make decisions. And uh, usually things work out in the end and, um, like I said, my last co uh, broadcast, I'm putting it in the hands of God and I continue to do that. And you know what? 48 years and some change and uh, God's never let me down. So uh, I certainly don't plan on him letting me down now. So we'll continue to go ahead. And uh, I guess that's kind of my recap of the last month. And um so that is that. Well, I'm starting a new segment here, and it is called uh, Bullshit of the Week. Seriously? That so there you go. Uh, so I had a lot to choose from for Bullshit of the Week, but picked a couple of things. Uh, the first one is the stimulus money and whether we're going to get $600 or $2,000. And I think a lot of us don't qualify actually for this second round, so it doesn't matter, but to many people. Um, so how much is $600 or even $2,000 really going to help Americans or businesses, you know? Um, they definitely, you can kind of see some of the pork on those bills. Um, I know the other bill was passed the same time this COVID one was, so they're kind of separate bills with all the funding to foreign countries and to the arts, and some of those aren't even open. 
some of the orchestras and different things. They're not even open right now. So, I mean, it's all a bunch of bullshit. Um, you can definitely cut funding on some of these unnecessary things and truly give some of that money to the citizens and businesses that might actually help them. I mean, you know, they always point out restaurants, but there's other businesses too besides restaurants and that definitely are struggling out there. So, uh, you know, uh, Congress, they can sit there and debate. And uh, I think Trump was going to sign the bill so the government wouldn't shut down. Well, you know what? This always comes about. The government's going to shut down and it never does. So uh, they always pass something to get it going. So I think they need to look at that and at least do the 2000 for people because 600 God, that don't even pay a rent. You know, especially here in northern Colorado, where twelve, fifteen hundred dollars is going to cost you for rent for some of these people. So, uh, definitely, that's uh, attention. The bullshit meter has detected major BS. Confirmed. That's definitely some bullshit. Okay, and then my second is the lockdowns and COVID, which I've touched on this before, but I mean, good God, haven't we learned anything from these? Uh, lockdowns and uh, that they're not working. I mean, I had COVID. My wife had COVID. She was sick in the hospital. My sister passed away from COVID. Several residents that um, I had relationships with and very fond of passed away from COVID. And I still stand firm that lockdowns and closing down businesses and the economy is asinine. Come on, people. Good Lord. I mean, you know what? When you have a virus going around, there is going to be some loss of life. There's going to be people getting sick. But like I said before, are we going to live? Or are we going to just sit there and hide out in our basements or hide out in our houses forever? You know, I mean, number one, apparently most people are catching it at home anyway. Everything that I've read and listened to on the news they tell people to lock down and shit. That's where you catch it. Hence me giving it to my wife. I mean, that's, you know, she wouldn't have probably caught it if I wouldn't have come home with it, quite honestly. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons I don't like lockdowns. Also, uh, the lockdown, you know, that you should lock down the people that are sick. Just like when I had it, I stayed home for the 10 days until, you know, I could go back to work and, uh, my wife did the same thing. Hers a little longer because of the pneumonia. But you know what? Lock down the sick and let the healthy go out there and earn a living and let them live their lives. Also, uh, lockdowns cause more loss of life than they prevent. I mean, uh, you know, lockdowns are, they affect people's mental health. We all know that. I mean, how many of us have anxiety and different things that we usually don't have? I mean, uh, I'm sure there's more people on Xanax now than we'd ever imagine and those kind of drugs. They also, this lockdowns, they cause suicides. There's an increase in suicides along with the mental health stuff. So, I mean, come on, definitely we uh, don't need the lockdowns. And really, they're not very democratic and they're not conducive to a free society. So why are we doing the lockdowns? Uh, you know what, people, you need to just stand up. And if you think some of these governors and you think some of these mayors and that kind of thing are putting a bunch of bullshit rules out there, then don't don't follow them. What if everybody doesn't follow them? What the hell are they going to do? So 
I mean, come on, let's, let's not be cowards. Let's, um, if we don't think it's right, let's not follow it. And now, you know, they were saying there's a new strain. I even, it was supposed to be over in the UK. And now they said, oh, they found the first, uh, you know, new strain here in Colorado. So, you know what that tells me, even with this vaccinations, these vaccines that are going out that people are all excited about. Um, is this really ever going to end? Uh, it seems like it not, because there's always going to be new strains, just like the flu. You get a flu shot and it doesn't cover every strain. They try to guess the best they can. So I'm not real, I'm not real sold on this vaccine and that's going to be the cure-all. I think it might have to be herd, herd immunity where enough people get it and enough sector of the population gets it. And, you know, unfortunately we are going to have some deaths and we're going to have some people that are in the hospital on ventilators and that kind of thing. But like I said before, when you have a virus like this, sometimes that's going to happen. Um, you know, there there is uh, worse things than dying. I, of course, don't want anybody dying from this or getting sick, and it's hit me personally, but there are worse things than dying. And uh, I think losing our freedoms and not being able to live a rich, full life is one of those. So um, I'm still not convinced on this mass thing either. Because we were masked up at work and shit, 100% of the residents caught it. And I bet, I bet you about 85 to 90% of the staff caught it. So uh, we were pretty faithful about wearing masks. So I guess you can call me what they, uh, I thought it was kind of funny, that term spread neck. Where you don't really think that you should have to wear a mask or mask or that effective. They call them a spread neck. So I thought that was kind of funny. So that's my segment bullshit of the week. Okay, let's lighten this uh, raw cast up just a little bit. We'll lighten it up with some dad jokes. So the first dad joke is, it's hard to explain puns to kleptomaniacs because they always take things, literally. Okay, I kind of like that one. Now the second dad joke is, I've been told I'm condescending. That means I talk down to people. Okay, and it would not be a raw cast if I did not do my Hispanic words of the day. So, Hispanic words of the day. The first Hispanic word of the day is hairstyle. Hairstyle. My friend dresses like a slob. I don't like hairstyle. Okay, now number two Hispanic word of the day is bookcase. Bookcase. With some cars and trucks, I can't see over the dash when I'm driving. So I have a bookcase I need propped up. All right, so that was Hispanic words of the day. So this raw cast is uh, dedicated in memory of my sister, Chris, who passed away. Um... She was taken much too early. She did leave behind three daughters, Christiana, Danielle, and Tiffany, and a grandchild, Owen. Um, my sister, Chris, was a speech-language pathologist. She was a master level. 
and she helped numerous kids in the uh, Russell, Kansas school districts and the surrounding school districts for many years. She also helped a lot of developmentally delayed or disabled kids all over central Kansas. And she also did some PRN work in nursing homes, helping the elderly and swallowing issues and that kind of thing. She touched so many lives and helped so many people. She even, uh, the priest at her funeral uh, was talking about how she helped a foreign-born priest who had a very heavy accent. She went over there and she would, on her own time, help him try to alleviate his accent a little bit and speak a little clearer English for his homilies and that kind of thing. So um, she will be missed. Like I said, she helped a lot of kids and uh, there's a lot of nice tributes to her and about how she helped people with uh, stuttering issues and that kind of thing. And so um, it's very nice. I feel fortunate because uh, in the last uh, months, we spoke a lot. We text a lot. Um, she was a big fan of this raw cast, and she gave me a lot of positive feedback. I think she really looked forward to me putting some of these silly raw casts out, and I really appreciated her support on it. She was also very supportive with me on quitting my job and trying something new and kind of the, you know, something new in life and new adventure. And um, I really uh, appreciated that support and I'll always remember that. Uh, the last time I was in Kansas, not this time with her funeral, but the time before that, I had to go check out my mom's house. We're trying to get it sold out there. Um, she came over and helped me clear out some stuff and... We had some nice talks. We had a nice meal together over in Russell and a nice visit. And so I will cherish that. I'm glad we had that. Um, so I just want to say love you, Chris, and may you rest in peace. Okay, I just want to tell you, everybody listening, that thank you for listening. It's fun to do these raw casts and uh, just kind of a little hobby of mine that I got encouragement from my daughter and my wife to start and so I did it um kind of a successful year for me um I don't really care how many people listen I just like doing them and kind of the repetition and kind of get my brain to work in a little bit so hopefully I will talk to you next year uh, I plan on doing some more raw casts but as we know nothing is promise so let's start living immediately my friends God bless you and may you have a wonderful new year.